the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. We've got a lot of news to break down today. The trade rumors, they are starting to heat up. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about our own philosophies on the sports world and media and all of that kind of stuff to finish off the show. So a lot to get into. Uh, Keith Smith joining me as always at Keith Smith NBA. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, let's kick things off. I mean, where else could we go? Kawhi Leonard. News breaks yesterday that uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo reporting that Kawhi Leonard is ahead of schedule and sounds like a return is going to be likely this season. This could shake things up in the Western Conference. Yeah, big time. I mean, this is um, one of those where if you're just a, a basketball fan, you've been hoping that maybe this is how this would go, is that we'd see Kawhi on the court again this season, and here it is. It looks like we're going to actually get to see that. Now, Chris didn't have any real details on when or how close he is or anything like that, but my guess is this is not going to be one of those things for the Clippers where this is bring them back with a week to go and then say, hey, be ready for the playoffs and and go from there. My, my, My gut tells me that this will probably be get him back maybe end of March ish. And then that gives him, you know, a good solid two weeks to kind of get ready and, and be ready for the playoffs. Maybe even earlier, uh, Chris's report was he, he looks good and strong and workouts and those kind of things. So that this is excellent news for the Clippers. Now, what could change this just to be, be, uh, you know, completely fair here is they are right now I'm pulling it up. So they're 19 and 20 yeah. and they're in the eighth spot right now in the, in the play in, in the Western conference. Not probably super likely that they're going to get caught from behind. But if let's say they, they meaning didn't fall out of the play-in. Sure. But let's say they drop down into that 9-10 and it doesn't look real good to advance out of the play-in. Then maybe you start to rethink that a little bit. But, boy, if you're the Suns, Warriors, or God forbid the Utah Jazz, and you oh, see the Clippers with Kawhi on the other side – Oh boy, you, you you can't feel great about that all of a sudden. Now that makes uh, you, you, I would still probably favor those teams to win. Sure, but I it, it that instead of what maybe might have been a let's roll through to the second round, that might be pretty tough. That's not a typical eight seed team, but I mean the yeah. Suns dealt with that last year with the Lakers, yeah. where up until yeah. up until Anthony Davis's injury, the Suns looked like they were on the ropes, and sure. then AD got hurt, and the Suns went ahead, and the Suns were phenomenal. Take nothing away from them; they were they were yeah. excellent, excellent, deserving certainly of going to the Western Conference Finals, but they drew a team that was, if healthy, a much more difficult challenge than a typical seven or eight seed would be. And so that's what now could happen all over again, whether it's the Suns, the Jazz, uh, whoever that has to deal with this situation, the Warriors, uh, you're going to have potentially a Clippers team in here if they're fully healthy, that is much, much better than a standard seven or eight seed would be. And I I look at this and I think, I I can't imagine them falling out of the plan. I think worst case, they're the nine seed. And if you're the nine seed, I think you've got to feel 
pretty good, at least if you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at your your opportunity. Now, maybe the Denver Nuggets get Jamal Murray back or something, and they're in the play-in, and then you've got you know a close matchup there with with Denver and the Clippers. By the way, that would be insane. A, a play-in between the a closer to full strength Denver Nuggets and a full strength Clippers would be pretty crazy. But or even if your Lakers slid back, if yep. you had Lakers Clippers in a in a play-in scenario, that'd be that, be pretty nuts too. That would be. Yeah hellacious absolutely absolutely for <laughs> for the city of los angeles but but in any event the clippers i would imagine if they have everybody healthy have got to feel at least somewhat confident if they're the nine seed and you have both those guys back at their prospects of advancing and then you could really change the dynamics of the entire playoffs if you get the clippers coming into round one and knocking off a one or a two seed yeah, big time. And now all of a sudden, a Western Conference that looked very top heavy mm -hmm. could look very different throughout the course of the second half of this season. Because Denver, I, I, I mean, we haven't heard anything officially or even unofficially. But Jamal Murray, we're seeing video now of him dunking and cutting and mm -hmm. doing all that stuff. That that's how he's got to be getting at least somewhat close um, to to returning. So we're we're gonna see him him back, I think, eventually there. And then we'll probably probably won't see Michael Porter Jr. again. Yeah. Uh, he has returned to the team, which is you know maybe a good sign that you know we get back. He says his back immediately felt better after the surgery um, happened. So. You know, let's not fully rule that out. I'm still guessing no. I'm um, just with the nature of that injury. But yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. And then you gotta kind of feel a little bit for the Minnesota Timberwolves um, here, team that's really an upstart team is really finally seems like they're gonna crack mm -hmm. through, get into that play in mix, and completely owning anything can happen in a one game uh, scenario. But all of a sudden, if you're Minnesota, it might be like, well, that was fun. See you later. Like, we're, we're out. Whereas they they might have been feeling a lot more confident of, hey, we could take down one of these, you know, uh, banged up teams on the way and trying to get into the actual playoffs. Well, and this is where for Minnesota, it might become incredibly important to really push down on the gas pedal. And maybe that means yep. making a move and yep. jump up so that you only have to win once as opposed yep. to being one of those teams that's in the situation where you got to win twice to get in. Yep. Well, and if you're the Lakers, the Mavericks, even if you're one of those top teams, this may be a little bit more motivation of, Hey, let's go, go get an upgrade uh -huh. for our team because we may need to be holding off this team. Cause I think both of us agreed at full strength, that Clippers team is a, that's a title contender. Yeah. Now I'm not saying get Kawhi back and they're instantly a title contender because they've got a lot of work. They would have a very difficult path. They'd have to win several road playoff series because they're just, the reality is, I mean, they are uh, six and a half behind the Grizzlies to even mm -hmm. get to home court advantage, right. never mind into one of those top three seeds. So I'm not going to say that this year, but what that does is that to your point earlier, they're not your typical eight seed or seven seed or whatever spot they could land in. And, you know, it's just, if anything, this makes everything a lot more fun and, you know, fun to monitor and opens up a lot of possibilities, including pushing teams into making moves, which our, our uh, friend Mark Stein <laughs> dropped, man, did he drop some, some news yes, on did. us. And we, we've been sitting here waiting for those trade, you know, that, that trade faucet to turn on and stuff to start to, to dribble out. And uh, he, he didn't just uh, turn it on a little bit. He kind of turned it on quite a bit and you know, let, let a whole lot come washing out. So we want to jump into some of that stuff. 
now because um we talked a little bit about utah already i think that might be a good spot to to start with even if that's not the most juiciest of teams but mark reporting maybe joe Ingles could be on the move he's Jingles seen as the maybe their their biggest trade piece you know 13 million or so expiring money mm-hmm. uh he also notes in there that the jazz explored the idea but said you know it's just he means too much to the franchise but danny Ainge is running things now and He's not sentimental and doesn't those no. things don't mean anything to him. So uh, that's it. We, we've kind of threw that out there. If Utah was going to make a move, Joe Ingles is probably the one who has to go because that make makes the most sense of all. And you look at Utah, they have the best point differential in the Western Conference, but what yeah. best point differential in the, in the, in the league yeah. um, at almost plus 10 which is yeah. ridiculous. I that mean, that's absolutely, absolutely incredible. historical stuff. Yeah, that's that's insane. Stuff. I know the Milwaukee Bucks a couple seasons ago were way up there. were like a plus yep. 14, I think, off the top of my head at one point, which is yep, nuts. Point, yep. But this Jazz team is very, very good. But again, they've got that, that label of being that team that just doesn't get it done in the playoffs. Great in the regular season, doesn't get it done in the playoffs. And if they want to shed that label, I think they might have to make some kind of a move, maybe a defensive upgrade somewhere in order to give them that little bit extra to where when it's come, it's playoff time and the other team is starting to figure out what your offensive sets are and figuring out all the motion that you've got and all that sort of stuff, you can lock down on the defensive end and win games that way. And you've already got Rudy Gobert, right? You've already got probably the best defender in the entire league. So if you can build upon that and add one more defensive piece, I think that would go a long way for this Utah Jazz team. I think they need to look to differentiate themselves from the Warriors, from the Suns, if they can make an upgrade there and give themselves mm-hmm. even a little bit of breathing room, that would be critical. And then, of course, if we add the Clippers into the mix, if they're fully healthy, that just gives the Jazz that much more incentive to give themselves as much firepower as possible because the ceiling for this team right now is that come June, they're hoisting a championship. And when you're in that situation, you have to make sure that you give yourself the greatest possibility to get it done. Yeah, and this is not a team that is at the end of their lifespan as a contender Mm -hmm. by any means because Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are still young enough, but they're also not a young up-and-coming team either. They're kind of – this is the go-for-it, really try to get after right now uh, position because – and I'm not by any means saying Donovan Mitchell is to the point of, hey, I might want to leave or anything like that because I don't Mm -hmm. think that's the case, but – we know how this goes. These young stars, he's locked in for the next four years, like through at least 2024, 20, 25, uh, then a player option in 2025, 20, 26. But we know how this goes. Guys don't win, and you get to year two, three of that deal, and all of a sudden it's, you know, maybe my best bet is somewhere else. So my, and it's funny because now I can already hear everybody saying, oh, Danny Ainge is going to leak how close he got to trading, you know, for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> we would never say but, that. <laughs> But the reality is that the the only way you can make anything reasonable happen there is with Joe Angle's salary. Because yeah. Gobert and Mitchell aren't going anywhere. That's pretty clear. Uh, you're probably not trading Bogdanovich he's, unless you're getting a major, major upgrade because he's just too important to you. Clarkson's too important to your bench. Uh, and then after that, you're kind of out of salary. Maybe Royce O'Neal, but he's the best defensive wing on the team mm-hmm. by by a pretty good margin uh, there. So, yeah, so it really does kind of become Ingles. And I get it, and, and this is, feels kind of gross because I just went on this whole thing last show about like playing for one franchise for your whole career really right, matters. Yeah. I know he started with the Clippers and he was waived, and but he's basically been with the Jazz uh, for the entirety of this run. Um, but it's, I mean, 
you got to really think about you know, where are we going here? He's 34 years old now. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are we doing with this? Are we resigning him in the offseason to how much money? Like, like what, what would that look like? So, yeah, I think there may be something there. There's enough motivation from a lot of different angles to this to where angles angles to where um, it makes <laughs> it makes sense i think for them to, for them to explore like, jazz, like um, joe ingles podcast yeah those angles we need to make so, that yeah. happen uh it's another thing that that stein got into and by the way his Substack is absolutely phenomenal would highly recommend yep. that everybody go subscribe to it mark stein is one of the best in the business and uh, even if you don't have the means to do that just yeah. subscribe to his newsletter that's completely yes. free and that comes out once a week and that's that's where we're pulling all, all this good stuff from so yeah mm-hmm. let's uh when i get into the good one yeah I, I, should i cue it i, I don't I, have a queued up I, I don't have a queued up i should have been smarter I, well just here while, you, while you imagine. while you queue it up well yeah all right let's just do that then i Sorry. guess so ben simmons yeah pretend the simmons siren is going off yep. right now everybody um ben simmons the hawks emerging as this team that is suddenly interested this might be what it takes to finally break the log jam here and get something done on Ben Simmons is this new team, a new challenger arriving and and kind of mixing things up a little bit. Because right now we've been at a stalemate between the 76ers and a lot of other teams that we've heard about, whether it's the Kings or the Pacers or whoever else is you know out there in, in the mix for Ben Simmons, the Spurs and all these other teams. Now the Hawks are suddenly in, and they're a team that we had pegged as one that would be motivated to make a move because the expectations were up here and their performance has not met that level, not, yep. not especially defensively. Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the NBA. It would make a lot of sense for them to target him. But I guess let's start here, Keith, from the salary perspective. What do the Hawks have to do to get there? Yeah, and it's really not all that hard for them because what you would assume would be kind of the centerpiece of only the salary matching portion. Right. Let's let's make sure we're very clear about that. Would be Danilo Gallinari at twenty point five million dollars, and it's a pseudo expiring because he's only about five million guaranteed. He's exactly five million guaranteed for next year. He could actually play for Philly, you know, as a just a backup floor spacing forward um, who can hit some shots. That that's you know something you could always kind of use on that team and then where your value comes in is i would presume a pick or two and then probably something like uh camera reddish who teams are really you know we're hearing quite a bit teams are are you know hot on mm-hmm. camera reddish and he's done some stuff or maybe deandre hunter that one's a little harder for philly because if you're trying to sell forward of right now we are improving the team hunter may not play again this season so we don't know what that looks like but if but Clearly, I think I would rather have Hunter than Reddish yeah. long term. Well, let me rephrase. Not clearly anymore, because Hunter's been He's hurt right. pretty consistently. If both Reddish were healthy. has played better. Yeah, if both were healthy, yeah. Um, so th- there's your value pieces cut coming there. And then may, you know, you might, you know, if you if you're feeling you could get another young guy, you know, Jalen Johnson out of them mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe you do it. Maybe they tweak it and they'd rather have something like Gallo and Bogdanovich, as Bogdanovich would be a bigger upgrade on the sure. wing for them, maybe. Then it starts to tilt a little to if you're the Hawks, how much, you know, are you giving up here? But there's a lot of ways they can get there. And it opens up some interesting things. I some folks are saying, well then you gotta trade Clint Capella. I don't know that I would go there. You can't close with Capella and Simmons, yeah. but close small with Collins at the five, Simmons at the four, and a bunch of shooters. You're you're probably okay. I, I think right. you know, yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's where Collins' ability to, to shoot really helps. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and 
his improvement last year, he showed he can hold up defensively as the lone big mm-hmm. uh, on the floor because they, they closed quite a bit last year, very small um, with him playing the five with, with Capella out. So I think, um, yeah, I, it, it, that's one where that's not one of these where it's like, all right, that sounds good, but how do we get there? There's, you know, there, there's a lot of different paths Atlanta could get there in a Simmons trade. I especially think if, and we're going to get to him in just a minute here, but if the Blazers say doors are closed, we are not trading, we're not trading Damian Lillard, it's not happening, right? If they, if they mm-hmm. just put their foot in the sand, right? And so the 76ers finally accept that and Bradley Beal, we're not getting those guys. That's the point where, they might go, okay, Hawks, let's let's start talking. I think the 76ers are hoping yeah. they can get that big marquee name, that that guy, but assuming that guy's not there and I'm not anticipating either one of them being available, that's where suddenly you turn to the Hawks offer and you go, okay, well, if we're not going to get that star power, can we get a few guys that round us out that make us overall a better team because we're yeah. adding, instead of, instead of one A guy, we're adding two or three B-level guys that can raise the level of our, of our team overall. And that's, I think what you get in this Hawks package. Yeah. And they just, you know, we've, we've pumped up the Cavs and deservedly so all season for how well they've played, but Philly's won five in a row and is now past them. And they are only two games behind Miami for home court advantage now. And Miami is just so banged up with so many guys injured. Um, it, you could really see Philly running them down. I mean, they were the number one seed going mm-hmm. in the last season's playoffs and I get it. We all left with a bad taste in our mouths and there's a very big part of me that says, I got to believe it to, I got to see it in the playoffs before sure. I'm going to believe it at this point with them. Cause they've had several now earlier than expected playoff um, absences, but it, it's not crazy to say, Hey, fill out our depth and we're, we're right there. Like we, we can, you know, can we overtake Milwaukee or Brooklyn or Chicago? Let's see, you know, well, let's see where, where that goes, but they can put themselves in the mix for sure. And like you said, sometimes the best way to do that is add a whole bunch of good players versus necessarily going and getting that one superstar. All right. Uh, Stein also talked a little bit about the Blazers monitoring, monitoring Damian Lillard and his injury, dealing with that abdominal injury. We know he's out for three games while they kind of check in on things, but I, I, st- I have a hard time seeing them moving him here at the trade deadline. I don't think yeah, they're going to be know. ready to do that. I don't know if it's Damian Lillard, but what I do wonder, and I said this on, I think on our last show, or maybe it was the one before, if if something happens and it's, hey, we have to, he's going to be out for long term, or we have to mm-hmm. do a surgery or anything like this, that could change their approach of their non-Damian Lillard pieces. Yes, indeed. Then maybe you say, hey, the best way to do this is bottom this thing out. We'll trade uh, Covington. Sellers. In Nurkic, you know, the two expirings, we're going to move on from them. Because the other thing with those two guys um, – I've never asked you this. I assume you are. You're familiar with the bird rights trap idea? Have you heard that phrase uh, before? No. Okay. I mean, it sounds it sounds familiar. It's sure. I, and I have an idea of what it may be. But hit me with it. Yeah. So the bird rights trap. Uh, I believe John Hollinger created this. He's 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 at least written on this extensively. Is when you say, well, we have to resign this guy because we have right. no way to replace him. Yeah. So then you end up giving out a, a contract, contract. That doesn't look that great because because you have no way to replace those minutes. Well, that's where Portland is because you have Lillard and McCollum's giant deals. And then you have Norman Powell, just those three guys alone. You're already at the cap. So then that means if Covington or Nurkic just straight leave as a free agent, you're left to exceptions to replace those guys. Mm-hmm. And that's probably meaning means a downgrade. 
right? Just being realistic at this point. So what happens in the bird rights trap, the idea is you kind of get backed into a corner of, well, we can't replace them. So we have to sign the player to a new contract and that's where they're at. So I think if it really turned into a season for Portland, you'd have a couple pieces here. One, you can get players maybe signed longer term. You don't run into that bird rights trap with Covington and Nurkic. Mm -hmm. And then your other piece becomes that pick that they owe Chicago is top 14 protected. So if you can fall into the lottery and stay in the lottery, then you keep that pick this year. Maybe you move up. Maybe something happens there. Now, all of a sudden, you're positioned very differently than you may have been otherwise. So I, I think even if Damian Lillard is locked in and is not moving at all, his injury could still have wide-ranging implications for the Trailblazers' future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, looking at the standings and just looking at how, I've used this phrase before, but how joyless this season has been for the yeah. Blazers. They they are not yep. having a good time out there on the basketball floor. No. That may, as painful as it, as it is in the moment, that may be the best path forward for mm -hmm. them, is to go ahead bottom this thing out, start off next season with hopefully a healthy Damian Lillard and some fresh assets coming in, whether it's from the draft, whether you make a yep. trade with whatever you get, you can sort of retool things this off season and just wash your hands of whatever this season has been for them. Because right now, Absolutely. I mean, you're not even in the play-in. You're sitting in 12th in the Western Conference right now. Your point differential is a minus 4.2. It's just, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for the Blazers. They could make a push to get into the play-in, but, but for what purpose? Does that get you to the ultimate goal of getting yourself firmly back in the playoffs and being a title contender? I don't think so. I think the, the alternate path is probably your best chance at getting there. Yeah, it's a long way from Scranton, but I think they've got some chunky lemon milk in Portland too. <laughs> and I just, I think there's, there's, you can either stand pat, but that is the path I would 100% not take mm -hmm. if I was Portland. You can go down the path of, hey, we're going to try to upgrade right now for win now pieces around Damian Lillard. Well, then you have to be sure he's coming back from injury. Right. And even then you got to look at it and like, win now what? Win into the play? I mean, they are five full games behind your Lakers who are now in the sixth seed and that last assured playoff spot in the, in the West. I mean, that's a lot of games to make up in, mm -hmm. you know, half a season. So then your other two options are like you laid out that kind of soft, bottom out where you're really kind of going to retool on the fly quickly, almost like what the Warriors did, right? With Steph, Just, yeah. We're going to bottom it out for a couple years and, and try to get back at this or your other path, which I can argue just strongly for is fully tear this thing down to the studs, trade, trade everything you can, including Lillard, McCollum, Covington, Nurkic, Nance, even Norman Powell. And I, I, you know, if I'm left with Anthony Simons, Nasir Little and a whole bunch of whatever I got in the trade, so be it. And that's how we move this thing forward. I think it's probably just given Damian Lillard's importance to the franchise and his uh, uh, reluctance to say he wants to be anywhere else um, or lack, complete lack of desire to be anywhere else. It's probably that soft bottom yeah. out reset kind of deal. But yeah, let's see where, where they go. But I, I, if we get news here in the next week or two that, Hey, Dame's out, 
longer than what we thought or maybe even out for the season, then it's really time to have some conversations about the Blazers. Yeah, I agree, though. I don't think, to stick with the office, I don't think you go with the burn Utica to the ground option here. <laughs> I think you uh, I think you do more of the, the soft reset. You know, Sabre comes in and, and takes over or something. Sabre something comes like in that. or you merge. You merge with you Stanford. Merge. Right? There, there you yeah. go. There you you go. merge and bring in some, some uh, supporting players and, and you rebuild from there. And then you're off and running. I think um, my wife is like, what the hell is this show you guys report? Because I think she's like, you spend half the time not talking about basketball. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Breaking news, just since we're talking Trailblazers, uh, per Woj, Portland Trailblazers are guaranteeing the contract of guard Dennis Smith Jr. for the rest of the season. So Not a surprise. Okay. And and as a reminder, today is the today day. Is the day. 5 p.m. today. Uh, all, all players. It's really the 10th that the deals truly become fully guaranteed. Got a clear waiver, so they got to be waived by today at 5 p.m. or their deals are, in effect, fully guaranteed for the rest of this year. Yep. All right, let's talk about uh, the Cavs looking for upgrades. Not a surprise there. We've talked all yep. about how this is a team that uh, has been on the rise this season. They've been a very pleasant surprise, and you don't want to lose that. You want to make sure that you take advantage of it. Perhaps even home court advantage in the first round mm -hmm. of the playoffs could be on the table for them. Of course, they've suffered some injuries. Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio. Makes sense that you go out there and you make some moves in order to give yourself that little bit of extra boost heading into the second half of the season, let you finish strong, and maybe even make some noise in the playoffs. So no surprise that they would be a buyer here at the trade deadline, but certainly a, a team to watch. Um, they already picked up Rondo. Wouldn't be a surprise if they went after another point guard as well. Yeah, well, and we also said, too, that it was um, don't be surprised if not Rubio turns into an expiring trade chip yep. because of the injury. And there's no reason why they couldn't trade him and then re-sign him next year if they wanted to because he'd be an ending contract. He wouldn't be one of these waiver guys mm -hmm. um, as a reacquisition. Re uh I have a new favorite guy. I mean, I've been beating that Karis LeVert drum oh. for, for a little bit. I have a new favorite guy. If they tear it down, go get Norman Powell. He fits. Ooh. He'd be a really I good like fit. That. Yeah, use 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 Rubio and Colin Sexton. Maybe that's your package. Sexton goes in as kind of the rebuilding piece for the Blazers, gives the Blazers mm. a little bit of salary relief and go. I, I kinda I, and then Powell signed longer term, so he matches up with the rest of your guys, gives you that guy who can go out and do some stuff on the wing that you don't have. So just that's that's a thought I have. Isn't there some I mean, if you let's say you decide you're the Blazers and you're doing your your soft reset here. If you go and you you get Colin Sexton, aren't you just and let's say you move CJ McCollum, aren't you just yeah. setting yourself up for CJ yeah, and you, Dame version 2.0? Maybe, but that you deal with that later. Sure. Fair enough. Like, deal, deal with that down the line. Figure, figure that out. Maybe you use Sexton in a sign and trade. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe he's your protection if you trade both Dame and CJ. Oh. Now, you know, we're building around uh, Sexton and Anthony Simons and Nasir Little, and that's our young core, and off, off, we, off go. we go for a little bit. All right. Uh, Stein also listed a number of players who, who are out there on the market. I didn't see any surprises here. But no. they're all guys that we've talked about a lot. I'll just list them. Miles Turner, Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder, Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. Um, I, again, no surprise. There. These are all guys that we've been talking about for a while now, that their teams would have motivation to go ahead and move them, that may have some value out there. Uh, it... I, don't, I think it's unlikely all of these guys get moved because that's just never the way things work out in the NBA. But <laughs> yeah. like if half of these players were on different teams in just a few weeks or in about a month, I guess, yep. it would not shock me at all. No, I, I will say what raised my eyebrows a little bit is uh, Miles Turner, but uh -huh. not Demondas Sabonis. Yeah, that, sure. That, 
that that's a little bit more eye raising. And I, just talking to people around the league, I think there's more teams that feel Turner is plug and play over Sabonis because okay. you just you, you don't necessarily need to run plays for him. He's not somebody who's going to be the fulcrum of an offense. You just kind of ask him to do what he's done. You know, he he very uh, much opened up to the athletic and said he would like a bigger role. So. You know, maybe, maybe there, there's something there, but I think that's where teams are seeing that. Uh, and then breaking I mean, news. Oh, Boston yeah. Celtics are waving Jabari Parker, oh, according to Shams Tarania. Not a surprise. Yeah, um, they're they're gonna take that that roster spot uh, there. So yeah. Um, now here's your challenge if you're a Celtics fan, and I'll just give the Celtics piece on this is. Um, they kept Jabari Parker over giving Garrison Matthews a, a regular roster spot. Correct. Uh, Matthews turned down a two-way with the Celtics, which clearly was the right decision because he has now moved into, um, uh, been able to move into a standard deal with the Rockets. Um, but that's that that was a clear miss by by the by the Celtics. They didn't get right. enough out of Parker to to make that worth it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right, um, Keith, do you want to, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We've been getting a lot of people in our comment section, which by the way, we've, we've loved the discussion that's been going on in our comment section over on YouTube. A lot of people have been Amazing. saying some, some very um, encouraging things to us about their, about our show and what they've enjoyed about it. And one of the things that people have been keying upon recently is that they don't get a bunch of hot takes. We come in here and we give you NBA news. We go around the NBA, we give you our analysis without just devolving into hot takes and you and I yelling at each other. Um, so I thought that maybe we'd finish things off just by kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and talking about our philosophy and kind of what this, how this show was, was kind of created. So we want to kick things off on that. Yeah. I think on how the show was created that this show, if, if you've been with us for a long time, especially the pre-YouTube uh, time, the, the show's been around for a while. It's gone through some different iterations. But really, you and I came together more out of just there was a lot of uh, uh, Lakers-related cap stuff uh -huh. several years ago when they were uh, looking to do some things. And I, I want to say it was six months in advance of signing LeBron when we started here and he's going to the Lakers. I think I started coming on your shows uh, for Lakers nation and talking about, you know, LeBron. And then as with any of these things, just there's usually, you know, anywhere from five to 10 minutes pre-show and five to 10 minutes after show where yep. we just kind of, kind of, you know, shoot the bull and, you know, chit chat and talk about things. And we get into other stuff around the league a little bit. And then when it was that very clear, remember you being like, Hey, like, what's the deal with front office show? Yeah. <laughs> like, can we relaunch that? And, and, and we we went through some different things with that. A bunch of stuff probably nobody really cares about with this. But when we sat down and said, really, the last off, leading into last off season, we said, we want to do the, or maybe it was before then, but I know it was maybe the last trade deadline, whenever it was. We said, we, we want to relaunch the show. We want to go pretty regularly. We're going to go to YouTube because clearly we're two very handsome men and people should see our faces. But it was, the idea was, let's just talk whatever's going on in the world of basketball. Let's, you know, Get, get out there, get our opinions out there. But we both very much agreed. If it turns into trying to one up each other with, I think LeBron James stinks. Like, yep. and, you know, here's why. And those kind of things. Neither one of us, it wasn't much of a conversation because neither one of us had interest in that. You, you can get those shows 5 million other places on YouTube, on, you know, ESPN, on, you know, everywhere. 
I think we also very much agreed that wherever we can, it is important to us to give credit to whoever had the news. Yes. This basic, this almost this whole show is based on news items out of Mark Stein's newsletter. And then a couple things that broke that that we we hit in the show. And that's why we try to make sure where we can. And when we can't, it's usually become something along the lines of, I can't remember who had this. I apologize. And then they usually over our discussion in that usually results in one of the two of us scrolling like mad, trying to find it while (laughs) the other one talks about whatever it was. So we kind of have that part of it going on. Clearly, you cover the Lakers. I cover the Celtics. That's going to bleed into all of our stuff. We try, I think, to have fun with that and try to bring a balanced approach to the whole league. Mm -hmm. But for us, it is we don't like the yelling and screaming just to yell and scream and the the you know let's i'm gonna say things and and we we have both been asked at times thankfully not by anybody we work with right now or recently but we have both been asked at times of like hey you guys agree too too much you know Mm -hmm. can you can you you know why don't you take the other side of it and we've both kind of said no, <laughs> like, we 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 don't believe in coming down and saying a whole bunch of stuff that we don't believe in. Every once in a while, we'll come with like, "Hey, I can maybe understand the thinking here because of maybe this is what they're thinking." Sure. But it's always a "I can understand it" versus a uh, "You know, this is my opinion." When when you get an opinion from from either one of us, you're truly getting our opinion. It's not for for the show or anything like that. Does that cost us maybe some viewers? Does that cost us, you know, saying things that are, you know, uh, not saying things that are designed to truly make people angry? Sure. I mean, we could say all sorts of crazy, stupid stuff all the time, and we'd probably get a million more views and a ton more people coming in, to, you know, just yell and scream at us. But it's just not the show we want. Yeah, exactly. We we approach the show from a position of honesty. And, uh, you know, there's there's merit to debate. Absolutely. There's, there is value to that. But when you're creating a debate just for the sake of creating a debate where because, because Keith takes one viewpoint, because Keith says the, the sky is blue, that doesn't mean that I have to say, no, it's not, it's green. Right. And there are shows that are set up that way. Well, no matter uh, I what, touch my if... heart, you want with green. <laughs> I, I know where your true love lies. <laughs> I did that just for you, just for you. But, but the point is that sometimes you can lose honest analysis in which, and like yeah. Keith was saying, you're not actually getting the truthful viewpoint of, of the host, right? What you're getting is the viewpoint of just the opposing side, just for the sake of the opposing side. And, and for me, I'm going to lose my passion for that. The one thing I don't want to spend every single day arguing. I don't, that's, that's not my personality. That's not something that I want to do, but I also think that you lose a little bit of your passion when if Keith says something and I might really agree with what he's saying, but because of the structure of the show, I have to take the opposing viewpoint. I don't want to do that. I want to tell you what I actually think. And so that's what we try to present ourselves as is a show that's going to give you that kind of honesty. And again, I think there's merit in debate. There's merit in looking at two different different sides, opposing viewpoints and all of that. That can be important. But we don't want to argue just for the sake of arguing. We don't want to create a debate just to create some tension or drama or controversy or something of that effect. We want to give you what we actually think about the NBA and about everything that's that's going on. I also think that when you do that, you get pushed further and further to the extremes in order to create that controversy. 
And oftentimes I don't think that's where the truth lies. And that's not just in sports, but a lot of times the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And so by taking mm -hmm. the approach that we do, we get to explore that a bit more. Otherwise, Keith mentioned, we probably don't get aggregated as much. We probably don't get as much fanfare or whatever for, for saying something outrageous, people looking at that and saying, can you believe what this guy said here? But again, that's not really our personalities. And with us being sort of students of the game and being people that want to provide honest analysis, we wanted to make sure that we took a different approach than the the debate style hot takes that have been very, very prevalent right now. Yeah, spot on. I think when either one of us says something, you know, we're coming at it from a place of honesty. And that and I also think it's it's part of that is we're both very willing to admit when we were wrong mm -hmm. on something and say, you know, this this guy is better than I thought he would be, or this player is, you know, um, or this team rather is better than I thought they would be, or they're worse than I thought they would be. And and you know, just you know, be it's open to to us to say, like, hey, that's part of it. Cause it's too often, I think, people, because we're in this hot take and gotcha culture of you were wrong, and I gotta make sure everybody knows you were wrong. Sure. All right. You know, I mean, the other day when the, the Celtics were playing the Magic, I said on Twitter, like, I can't believe they're going to lose this game. Like, this is ridiculous. And then they made up a 14 point deficit with four minutes to go and won. And all these people were like, ah, you know, gotcha. Old takes exposed. Okay. I mean, I was wrong. <laughs> like, I, I'm wrong all the time, like, very regularly. So <laughs> my wife is, uh, is, is echoing that sentiment of me being wrong. Um, so that's, you know, that tells you that doesn't just exist here on front office show that exists in my real life as well. Uh, probably more often than, than here, quite honestly. I probably have a better track record with basketball. Um, the other thing that, too, that I appreciate is I like that, that, those folks who are chiming in regularly, whether in the show comments or to us on social media or in emails or other ways are getting out of this that I think what they like is the idea of, hey, you're getting into stuff that other people don't talk about. Uh -huh. And that's that's a, that is the one of the most fundamental tenets of the show is we're going to talk about things. I mean, we, we, we spent a while on why Ryan Archidiakonos 10 day got voided and right. that he would resign again. And that is something that we really you know, believe in is all of this stuff matters and it's all important at some level. And we want to bring you that there, there's a whole, whole tagline to bringing you into the hearts of NBA front offices. And that's, and that, that's one of the things we, we want to do is because we want to show you like, Hey, here's why this happened. And here's, you know, some of the decision-making on that. And when we can, truly say here truly is the decision making we will do that as well so it's the the level of support has been amazing from the community mm -hmm. for for the show i think people are enjoying it and liking it keep chiming in with things we can do we're we're working on my mic levels i, I don't know some, some people seem to have trouble with that sometimes but um we're not hearing it when we listen back mm -hmm. on a regular basis but you know, keep telling us and we'll just keep keep working and keep keep doing what we can to make this show better for you and all kinds of fun stuff leading up to the trade deadline including uh maybe i shouldn't but i'm gonna do it right now on trade deadline day we're gonna go live yeah again we're gonna go live for for probably several hours uh leading up to and then after the trade deadline and then we'll probably take a little bit of a break to reset give the vocal cords a little bit of a rest maybe get some dinner and then we'll come back at it with probably a whole bunch more uh trade de deadline analysis because I find a lot of times when when we react in the moment live, we can miss stuff. You miss stuff, or yeah. you then you sit down and think, and it's like, 
actually, you know what? Now I kind of get this for me. That happens when then I'm kind of sitting in front of the salary sheets and I'm plugging new stuff in and I'm like, ah, oh, I get it now. Now mm-hmm. I see, you know, maybe why they did this, but yeah, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with this the, the rest of the way, but thank you guys. And I, all, all I'll add to is I love the fact that just the way this has been a very trying season <laughs> to cover the two teams we sure. cover. So it's nice to be able to step away from that part of it and still, you know, really have good fun discussion about the game we love. Well, and that's the other thing too, right? I mean, like my wife and I were watching a game uh, the other night and I can't remember what game it was, but it wasn't a Lakers game and, uh, and she's kind of half paying attention and everything. And then suddenly, and suddenly it dawns on her. She goes, wait, why are they talking about LeBron right now? The Lakers, the Lakers aren't playing. And I said, well, they're, they're promoting their next game. That's going to have LeBron on it. But, but, you know, everything tends to, tends to go back to that. Obviously covering the Lakers, I, you know, I deal with that and, and all that, but we don't care about what the market is. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's the Lakers that's involved. I don't care if it's the Celtics, if it's the Knicks, if it's the Hornets, it, it doesn't matter. Market size doesn't matter to us. We want to focus on the entire NBA and get to talk about everything. And of course, we're going to skew towards Celtics and skew towards Lakers here and there because those are the teams that we spend most of our time covering. But um, we try to teach or we try to keep every team in sort of the same at the same level. We try not to show favoritism towards any particular team or anything like that, regardless of what that means. Obviously, we're going to get more views if it's LeBron related or Lakers related or, or whatever hit these major markets. But we're, again, trying to come from a place of honesty and of a place of analysis from the entire NBA. And that means covering, even if it is, hey, the Cavs are looking to make an upgrade. I'm going to have fun talking about that just as much as I'm going to have fun talking about, you know, oh, could the Lakers go? Could the Lakers trade for Damian Lillard? Well, no. But would that get a lot of clicks? Yes. But I'm not as worried about that as I am providing honest analysis. No, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent, and and you know this is this is great. Where we're gonna keep keep doing it because we're mm-hmm. having a lot of fun, and you know, thanks for everybody for supporting. The videos are are doing well. Where where we're really happy with where things are at. So thank you guys for for everything, and mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're gonna keep bringing it to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. With that, we're going to head off into the weekend. Appreciate all of you out there. Make sure if you're not uh, doing so already that you do subscribe to the NBA front office YouTube channel, ring that notification bell as well. And don't forget to follow us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody stay safe and see ya.